Hello, welcome again everybody to the Mike Thrays podcast. You're watching, listening to your host Mike Thrays. Feel like a bit of a riff again tonight, today, whenever you're listening. And the theme, yeah, it's it could be an overlapping theme from both an energetic perspective and the subconscious mind of beliefs, but also someone of a, a practical perspective on something that I guess is widely accepted. It's a wide, yeah, <laughs> it's a common term used amongst medical practitioners these days in relation to mental health. But it seems as his two bridges. It's the, the medical term and the medical perspective, but also the subconscious term, the subconscious energetic perception of what this is. And so what is it? Drum roll, anxiety. Anxiety, it's this interesting perspective. I, I did actually create a post on, on one of my socials about this the other day. And <laughs> I remember I looked at it and I'm... I'm the, the poster of this, I think it's on my YouTube account, but I may also connect it with this on the podcast or if I share it on Insta, I might link it as well. And the title of this post connected with anxiety was Reframing Anxiety as Awareness. This perspective that anxiety is actually a gateway to higher conscious awakening. So that's so interesting, isn't it? And it's connected with everything I talk about here on the podcast and on my social media channels, what I build upon in my books around energy awareness and archetypes. Feeling is anxiety reframed to another perspective is a communication tool of the body. It's that simple. It's when the body is expressing emotion. And from the good, bad, right, wrong perspective of, of wanting to be in control, that masculine, patriarchal perspective, dumb down and numb down the emotions, the feelings, the responses, to not show emotion, to have that poker face perspective where we, we're afraid of, of being vulnerable, of sensitive. From that perspective, anxiety and, and sensitivity seen as a weakness. It's not a gateway to awakening or awareness. It's something that from the three-dimensional conscious perspective, we're encouraged in numb anxiety. We don't want to be it. And there's a couple of stories around this, but I'd like to share in this podcast around this relationship. And I'm sure you have your own experiences with anxiety. And I think it's really important to have these conversations, particularly with mental health. And there's a lot of mental health organizations and everything set up these days to deal with anxiety. But what I'm struggling with to to just not let it go under the rug is that we've got to stop looking through a pill, a pill popping solution to every type of mental health, mental illness, anxiety element. But of course, it's easy to say that when we're at a perspective where we don't necessarily no longer believe in the need to have these. If we're still in an element or a perspective or a teaching, a mechanism where we're looking, whether it's the Panadol for the pain. And I'm not saying, you know, if you're extreme pain, morphine, Panadol or alcohol is another form of it, isn't it? Um, to reach an extreme high or bliss in a body that's traumatized, drugs and, and medicinal plants, all these type of things that create something in the body. 
So it's very easy for me to try to dismiss those when I've done a lot of work in the body. I've cultivated a lot of vulnerability. I've had a lot of experiences where shame has come to the fore and I've been hum felt humiliated. But humiliated and shameful ultimately leads to humility and shamanism. So on the other side of both humiliation and, and shame is humility, shaman, and empowerment awareness. So anxiety is an umbrella term, and I'm not a you know I'm not a medical practitioner. And I think if you come to this channel, you're not looking through a clear Western prescribed solution. You're looking through an alternative perspective, perhaps on what I'm intending to share. What I'm wanting to share around anxiety, and this is someone who for me, I feel a lot. I've always felt a lot. I've been ashamed of feeling so much. I've tried to cover it up in every situation. I've tried everything. I developed certain techniques and tools to try to mask my emotions, my feelings, to buy into what everyone tells us around, you, have, you can't show emotions, you can't be sensitive. I've repressed everything. But I've also become aware that the more we try to hide, suppress, repress, from a metaphysical perspective, we're more likely to attract and manifest disease and situations which express what we're repressing. So that's the interesting thing, that everything we're, we're running from, hiding from, for me, the body has been this real gateway. And particularly the last 12 months, as I created the Christ Body Love Instagram page, where I deliberately cultivate in the space of vulnerability and humility in my body, and for me, for many years, I often preface this what I've talked about as a as an Australian male, as a, a male growing up. It doesn't for me. While that's my story, and I've been afraid of being sensitivity and going to an all male school or male, it, it's not really even a, a male female perspective anymore, is it? And thankfully, there's been a dynamic, and there seems to be a lot more of a shift in younger people. I'm now forty. But people growing up these days is a lot more of the conversation around the body and mental health. But there's also a lot more exposure on social media. There's a lot of disconnection to the body through social media devices, phones. Everyone growing up these days are all from their teenage years. I was thinking about this today. Even younger, they have phones. There's always an electronic device with them. I grew up in a space where... Literally, right when I, I had threads and a family, but a lot of threads of mine... Well, probably most of my friends didn't get a, th a phone until they were about 18. I was I didn't actually get one until, oh, I think it would be the end of year 12. And as an 18, so I basically went through my whole primary school and secondary space without a, a phone. And that seems almost crazy, doesn't it? I'm recording this on a phone, which would be uploaded on social media. And you might think, where does this fit into anxiety? But this is part of it also, this conversation. While social media and phones and devices are, are, can be used for progressive reasons to access information, there's still a means of, of being disconnected from the body. And part of it is also not allowing the body to express itself, to feel. For me, a way of regulating what I'm getting at with all this around being sensitive and emotive was sport and exercise and I had that I played sport two three times a week basically from six through to 18 and my body it was perhaps unusual in this perspective 
When I played basketball, I was generally the skinniest guy on the team, but I sweated per spine more than anyone. I would have steam regulating and coming out of my body at the end of each game, and people found it really amusing. But I, no, I didn't mind. It was a way of my body expressing itself. Going to school at this, both primary school and secondary school, I'd play sport every lunchtime. Again, my body would produce a lot of perspiration. It was a regulation of my emotions and my feelings, what I was suppressing. At the same time, I was very sensitive, and I'm the type of guy that would cry when I watch Bambi. I, I could, I would cry at, at certain, you know, at certain experiences. I was very connected to my heart, but I felt a lot of shame, conditional shame around having emotions, feelings, being vulnerable. And this is where this anxiety can be reframed. And for me, I got to the awards the, the end of year twelve, and yeah, I was. I'd repress a lot of my emotions and feelings. I felt very disconnected from my body, not only physically, but emotionally and sexually. I felt like I didn't, I couldn't access my emotions and feelings. And I felt very disconnected to my, my chakras, particularly my lower root chakras and my, and my sacral chakra. And my, although I was relatively creative and I did well at school, I didn't really have any organic female relationships. I went to an all men's school, all boys school. And I played sport all the time. I, I didn't have really harmonious relationships with women. I didn't really know many women. And so I wasn't really able to develop these connections with them, well, at least on a substantial basis. And partly because it was, I also didn't allow myself to be sensitive. And when, even when I would engage with women, particularly after leaving school and going to university, it was just continue holding up this image of something I wasn't trying to hold back the emotions, to hold back the feelings. But in this space, I was very disconnected. I was repressing my emotions. And what would happen, not playing sport every lunchtime and other all these experiences, is my body still had a way, and this is the energetic perspective that you may or may not be open to. I'd be around in certain environments where my body would just start creating a heat wave. I guess you could... Call it analogous to a, a panic attack, but it was a strange one because I know with panic attacks, from what I have understood, it's often prefaced by people being strong to breathe, their whole body constricts. It, it, I guess there is some relationship to it, but I didn't seem to have that. And this is where I'm a bit of a metaphysical perspective and you can be open to this, accept it for what it is. For me, it was a way of my body discharging energy and it was also seemed to be connected in didn't generally happen on my own. It tended to be environments where there was some type of shame or trauma. It was almost like, and this is, I'll say it, my body as, a, as an empathic healer, a sensitive, aware character who wasn't really understanding what my body was doing, my body when I was in a traumatic environment or a situation that needed healing will create and absorb that situation. And so it would come out in incredible amounts of perspiration. You can imagine a bucket tipped on my head that would be the similar type of environment. It didn't seem to come from me panicking. I would be in the room, I'd be in a space. I generally wouldn't even have to think about it. I will just begin to feel this blood run, just kind of curly, feeling up my body, and all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> it would, and perspiration ran all that. And it, I remember it would happen occasionally, in, uh, there was a tutorial at university one day, 
and it just this overwhelming heat came through. It sometimes happened in, in family environments where I was in a, a, in a space. It was really unpredictable and I developed what could be as a, you know, a cause and effect, social anxiety in its own way. I was embarrassed. I mean, who would really want to have, be around someone who just is just unpredictably t t looks like they've just burst in a whole um, pool of water? This is what it'd be like. I'd be I'd be sitting around people, then all of a sudden, bang! My, and this happened a couple of times, and it was very unpredictable moments. But not feeling like I could be vulnerable, not feeling like I could have a conversation about my feelings, my emotions, trying to continually repress sensitivity that was coming through this unregulated way, just, I, I hid. I would try to avoid situations where this would happen, which was hard because I didn't know what would happen. It wouldn't always happen. But one thing that to stop it from happening was alcohol. Alcohol seemed to have this effect on the body, perhaps because it kind of dehydrates the body and, and, and feeling, where it generally wouldn't happen. So I would, if I was going to a party or going out on a Saturday night, I generally would have a few drinks before going out and it just wouldn't happen. I could be around hundreds of people. And, and, but that meant that alcohol was somewhat of a crutch for me. And that's okay going out on a Saturday night. But if you, I wanted to go through coffee or wanted to go to class, either when I used to work, I was pushing trolleys around. I was a trolley guy. Yeah. I just would perspire quite profusely. When I was moving and not stuck in the one space, it generally was accepted. But either, either when I was working, I was still, I, I would perspire so profusely compared to everybody else. So that was this aspect for me that, yeah, looking like a mess, looking like an anxious mess. But it wasn't really the thoughts so much. Obviously, thoughts and emotions have that effect on the body. And with a panic attack, there is generally some of that aspect. And it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, with a, a panic attack. And I, I guess I could, I could ascribe this to that. And eventually I did do something. I just got sick of this happening so regularly. And I, I went to a doctor, a GP, and I explained the situation. And he did. He prescribed me beta blockers, which what I understand are similar to help manage it, like a, a, a similar panic attack type situation, calm in the heart. But it wasn't so much a mind thing for me. It wasn't a, a constricted breathing. And while I still, today, breathing is a big part of it. Breath work does help me become more grounded. Even when I'm talking here, I get excited and I, I, I want to share. But it's, so it's very important to keep regulating that breath. But for me, what it was more about was the body was, a, was doing energy healing. It was doing a process of energy release. But I wasn't even exposed to that. I didn't understand energy healing at this point. I didn't know what it was doing. I couldn't understand. And it wasn't really a conversation many people having about the body as a healer, as a teacher. But 20 years later down the track and having this different perspective, having done, having had various experiences around this, developed shame around the body, not only with, yeah, not only with being a perspiring mess, but also intimately in, in the bedroom, I felt they were disconnected to my, my chakras. I felt, yeah, like I had difficulty performing in the bedroom. I had difficulty connecting to my body. And part of it was also, I was jumping almost in a, another perspective. My energy would kind of connect deeply with the people I was around. I was this shape-shifting aspect where I basically became whoever I was around, I would become them. 
that sounds like a really weird thing, doesn't it? It's that, <laughs> yeah, I would, I have this deep fear of being rejected and, and not loved. And I have always this pleaser archetype that I write about in my books that I would become what people wanted me to be. That's that's interesting, isn't it? So people would like me for what I reflected back to them. But it's also coming from a deep space of lack. Like not loving myself enough that I can be who I am, like initially. So maybe part of that, ironically, is that I am somebody who likes pleasing. Clearly, I like to be in 197, and I do change, shop and change. I am not necessarily a, a, a be-all, end-all type of person. I do change. So that is actually me, that I do change. And that's okay, I've accepted that. But what I'm wanting to share in this with around anxiety and this this aspect is that the biggest cause, a little bit like alcohol and pornography and gambling or drugs, what we repress is expressed. And with anxiety, it's almost like, for me, and I'm not, again, I'm not an expert and not a medical expert on this. I haven't got it. But what I could talk about with this experience is that what I feared the most was actually talking about it being vulnerable. What I feared around intimacy in the bedroom and feeling disconnected to the body was that it hiding someone or running, it, it just would keep happening. It being afraid of me, yeah, being the, the guy with the bucket of water on my head, bucket of what is I would avoid situations and people and I couldn't lower my guard and have heartfelt conversations. So you can see what it is. The, there's the cause and the effect, right? And the the effect is ultimately the, is the, the production of the, the perspiration is the inability to be, be fully intimate in the bedroom is to be uh, unable to put myself in certain environments or situations where I might be ridiculed or embarrassed. But to move beyond the effect is to go to the cause. And if I, like perhaps like you, if you accept who you are beyond needing to manage the anxiety, if you can accept that, okay, maybe I might have a panic attack Maybe I have difficulty regulating my emotions. Maybe as a male or female, I, don't, I cry at movies. Maybe I'm going to be really sensitive to break down and, and, and share my emotions and feelings. And, and perhaps in the past, I might have similarly judged other people in that situation. Maybe I'm okay with allowing my emotions to be felt. What if I can express that I don't feel safe? That's a big part of the two, or that I'm afraid of being out of control. There's an aspect of that with anxiety also, that it's like we're so afraid of being seen as being vulnerable. We're so afraid of being out of control that we keep doing things to keep trying to keep in control, keep repressing the emotions and feelings. It, it becomes like a, a, a train of continuous effects of trying to hide. The effect is still the anxiety. The cause is the, the afraid of being seen for who we truly are. So this is the powerful metaphysical energetic perspective the shaman perspective behind the, behind the shame, the humility behind, beyond the humiliation. It gets to a point where we're our own toughest critic. And a lot of the time what we're afraid of being judged for, we're, we're simply judging. And if we stop judging these other people or situations or we're afraid of, of what might happen, we'd be authentic and we drop the guards and the shields of the ego even the need to control, 
we can be a more effective and allow more heartfelt connections, conversations in. And part of that, whether it's anxiety or whether it's a, a metaphysical cause or illness, but anxiety of this aspect, a lot of it's connected to the stories, the beliefs, the, the fears, which are basically metaphysical stories that we tell ourselves around an identity. Again, the humility, humiliation relationship. The identity is so afraid of being exposed to be vulnerable. It's like something we're taught to put a, a pedestal upon. This is my name. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is where I'm from. And it has a cultural lineage, a background, ancestral relationship. It generally has a sex and all these things. So this is when it's threatening to people and say, I don't really identify as male anymore, nor female. Well, I don't even necessarily identify purely as one country. You'll see when you people start to be a bit more flexible with their, their background, their identity, that can trigger certain responses in people. Even for men, I'm, I'm not going to be this macho guy anymore. I'm not going to be trying to be something I'm not. This is connected with Christ, the Christ Body Love page for me. I'm not going to have so much fear and shame around the body, whether I'm a male or female. I love my body. And if my body wants to express itself, whether it is through incredible perspiration or emotion or feeling, I've got to honour this. I've got to honour the messages. Because this is the connection with this around anxiety and what I'm wanting to drill home in the concluding part of this. The body is a teacher. It's communicating. So when it brings up emotions or feelings, when we've developed, I guess, at a level of intuition, or as I talked about earlier, reframing anxiety's awareness, awareness of what's coming up, we can allow the body to guide us. And people talk about following the heart rather than the mind. It can be difficult to connect to the heart when we're so attached to the identity of mind. But certain situations when we, we become a bit more vulnerable, the heart, which is always there. It's there as a child. It's in that full aspect. The child follows their heart, their feeling, their joy. And as we get older, there's this encouragement to not listen to that. And that's where these mental health issues can, can develop, where we're so afraid. There's this disconnection between body and mind. But if we allow the heart to communicate a bit more, we be vulnerable. Intuition is accessed. And when we're intuition, we can become the hero of intuitive eating. Intuitive relationships, intuitive partners, intuitive pathways, intuitive jobs where we feel aligned with our passion rather than choosing something because we think it'll impress others. So when there's enough intuition awareness cultivated in the body, we can allow the body to express a lot more. I feel that's really the, all I want to go with in this, in this video uh, podcast today, that so much of the challenges we experience are connected to the stories we have. And a big story we seem to struggle with, and we've, we had this come up the last few years with the pandemic, is this perceived need to control, to need to know. And that's a mind consciousness. It's a 3D that needs to identify if the thing is good, bad, right, wrong. It does need the pill to say you're going to be safe, okay. It, it will ensure that we avoid situations where something unexpected might happen or we'll take medication to, to ensure that won't happen. But it disconnects us from the heart. There's a, and so we're blocking off half our life experience. There can be a lot of pleasure 
and find a joy in the unknown. But if we've never really cultivated that un unknown space, it can be difficult to access. But what I'm getting going around anxiety, rather than trying to block it off, and this depends where we're at, doesn't it? And it's also similar with people developing a lot of presence and awareness. And I know also with, I, I studied something a few years ago called The School of Awakening by Ecatole. And there were people on there that talked about present moment awareness, but there were also people that were on, um, oh, what would you call it? Antidepressants. Because the, the mind creates these stories where it tells us what I couldn't have. And there was an intention to want to move away, but it, they weren't quite ready. I don't think you need to just go cold turkey straight away. You, similar, you, you can, and you can make a choice. You say, maybe I'm not going to... I'm, I'm not going to take depressed anymore. Or maybe I'll cut back on alcohol. Maybe I'll cut back on, on attachments to dramas and stories and frequencies that I want to serve. It can be difficult to stop that when the, the consciousness is geared. And people talk about the emotions and our, our identity is addicted to certain products, consumption, limiting stories, the victim conscious. It, it's has, we have a certain compass or frequency that we admit. So to say that and this is what happened on the school like people who are using antidepressants it can be difficult to say i'm going to stop taking that and what Eckert, obviously he encouraged them to make their own decision where do you feel and and let's say you stop taking a certain anxiety drug or medication maybe you cut back alcohol if there is going to be that response where can you allow your body to be more vulnerable? Are you are you willing to allow the emotions to come up, isn't it? Because there is this cause and effect, right? So the effect will still be the prescription or the anxiety medication. But the cause that needs that is stories where we tell ourselves we can't be vulnerable or, and, not, and we're, that we're not good enough, that we need to hold up an identity, that we need to be in control. So to stop the need for the effect, the prescription, the medication, is to change the cause. Are you willing to believe that you're already worthy enough, despite all the stories, the identity, the name, the background, the personal history? Are you willing to accept that if you get nervous, if you, like me, come out of an absolute perspiration mess of like a bucket on the water, and you might feel incredibly embarrassed and people might say sort of things? Are you willing to still love you for you? That's the cause. Are you willing to celebrate that rather than, for me, I, I, I had so much shame around that for over 10 years before I had a, a, some adopted medical devices and prescriptions that helped me manage it. And I've learned to manage it at this point where now I, I feel comfortable talking about it, but I had a lot of shame around it. But the only one that was really judging was me. And so as I let go of it, and I've been more authentic and humble and, and with the body and sharing the body and celebrating the body. You can reframe what these stories, these symptoms, is what is the body wanting to express? Because on the other side of anxiety can be intuition. Thanks again for watching, listening, being a part of this. And bye for now.